Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved, cast out demons, and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. You may also donate by sending check or money order to 9030 West Sahara Avenue, Suite 665, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89117. We thank you. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. Because the show is about to begin. From the front lines of America, Babylon. And transmitting worldwide on the internet and satellite. You are listening to Omega Man Radio Network. With Shannon Davis. Gary, thank you for standing by. Welcome, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. And uh, Reverend Dean Paxton, uh, Paxton, uh, Paxton is waiting for your connection. We've got Brother Dean connected right now. Uh, folks, yeah, welcome. Gary, I'm, I'm online. Praise the Lord. We're running a few minutes Good. late. We're doing a four-show back-to-back marathon, so sometimes we have a burp. But that's okay. We'll give you all full time. Uh, folks, welcome aboard. Uh, today is Thursday, October 19th, 2023. Excited to be here with Brother Gary Stafford and Brother Dean Allen Braxton. And uh, gentlemen, welcome aboard. Brother Dean, you want to open us in prayer? Yes, I can. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for this moment that you've given us to be able to you know, expound on your word. Yes, it's your word, not ours. It's yours. So I thank you, Father, that we get the privilege to be able to share this with the nations. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And I'd like to add uh, Josiah, uh, or Isaiah, excuse me, <laughs> 62, uh, 1. And um, this is for... Um, Oh my God! The pen uh, for Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. Yes. And uh, unto Jerusalem will I not rest. I want her righteousness to come forth as brightness, and her salvation as a lamp that that burns. And Lord, we ask for Benjamin Netanyahu and uh, those in leadership to guide them in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Now, I just want to uh, 
do a little intro here, uh, Dean, and uh, i just like to say good evening and good day, as it <laughs> may be, <laughs> for either one, and uh, because we're going around the clock and around the world. And uh, right. Brother Shannon, good day, and Hello, uh, so good evening, and fellow listeners, wherever you are, how in the world are you? Well, I'm telling you, I'm excited that we have Reverend Dean Braxton as uh, uh, on our as our guest tonight, and we do have an assignment from God Himself for you, and then it includes my call as well. I can't wait to hear it. And also today we are going to have worldwide communion, so you need to take a moment to get some bread or crackers and some wine or grape juice or whatever you have available as God looks at your heart and a repentant heart and not what is in the cup. I have seen miracles take place in taking communion. I myself have chosen to take it daily at the start of each day, and we'll be taking the communion today. So I want that relationship uh, awesome. I wanted a relationship, not religion. Okay, and uh, all I can say is that uh, since taking daily communion, I have not come down with a single cold, and uh, I have not had any COVID-19, and uh, so maybe you should consider it as well, but be led of the Lord. All right? Now, I'm telling you, Dean Braxton is somebody that Angel Studios, who made The Sound of Freedom, has uh, interviewed for a program coming up this month, and uh, probably in about a week. And, uh, Dean, I'm telling you, it's uh, for a reason. Uh, and and uh, tell us what uh, you think that reason is. <laughs> For me, the reason is to share the gospel, to let people know about Jesus Christ um, throughout the um, country and throughout the world. That's the main reason for me. Well, that's awesome. And I tell you, Dean started uh, his life in a situation where uh, the family was not involved with the church, uh, but uh, he wasn't raised in a Christian home. But uh, Easter, once a year, uh, four children would be taken to the Baptist church, and the family uh, would open the car door and watch the kids go up the stairs to the church, open the door, and then they went home. And that, that was the exposure, except for a sweet grandmother, Mary, who went to church, and she was very, very religious. And uh, thank God for that, but... Mm-hmm. You, I understand there, Dean, was, uh, something happened at age 17. Tell us about it. Well, at age 17 is when I came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I, um, you know, someone gave me a Bible, to be honest with you, uh, and, and and I took it because um, the the it wasn't my focus at the time. My focus really was this preacher's daughter, but the preacher gave me a Bible, and so I took it home, and it was the best thing that could have happened to me. I started reading that Bible, and in reading that Bible, 
you know, I came to the scriptures that said, take my yoke upon you, upon you and learn of me. And I remember stopping at that moment, looking up into the ceiling and saying, if this is true, I want it. And that's when I really believed the Lord came into my life. Later on, someone led me through the prayer that, you know, confess your mouth and, and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and you shall be saved. But before that, I really believed I changed. Things in my life just changed. I just remember the atmosphere seemed to change. The air smelled better. The birds sound better. My my attitude had changed in life, period. I had a lot more joy inside of me than I ever had before. And so that was, and I wasn't in a bad situation. My family wasn't cruel to us. We we probably had all the amenities that a person would want at that time. Um, but the reality of it, my life did change at the age of 17. And I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in my life. And um, and uh, it's not been a, a bed of roses, as people say, but the Lord has brought me through so much and still is bringing me through a whole lot. And every time, you know, I love that scripture says all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And it's always worked out for me. You know, God has always worked it out where I have a smile on my face and joy in my heart. Well, now, uh, you went to college after uh, the basic education, and uh, you uh, you ended up meeting this group, Campus Crusade for Christ. Tell us about it. Yeah, I, I um after that, after I graduated, um, I went to uh, the local community college or junior college at the time, and there was a group there, the Christian Club, which really was part of Campus Crusade for Christ, and we um, would meet every week. Our club would. I, I became one of the presidents of the club at at the time. Um, didn't know really what that meant, but we were excited about the Lord, and and we would meet um, at different churches because you had different groups that were coming, and we would pr- try to meet almost every Sunday at somebody else's church. So I, I got exposed to a lot of different denominations through that, but we all had one thing in common. We loved the Lord. We loved Jesus Christ, and we would do things on campus to reach the um, the people there. You know, every once in a while we would have what we called uh, go out and just let the Lord lead you and find somebody and lead them to the Lord. And I remember doing that several times and talking to people. My friends, of course, at the time thought I had changed and I'd become a little bit weirder. Uh, but I shared with them the gospel. And, and some of them, not all of them, but some of them came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. My best friend accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Ironically, about two weeks later, he was in a car wreck and ended up um, dying. Um, But I thank God that he accepted Jesus two weeks before that accident happened, you know. And also during that time, I felt like God had called me into the ministry. Um, And so the church I was attending at the time, I let the pastor know that, and he started working with me on becoming a minister. And then I started taking classes, um, Bible classes, through um, the the um, different programs in the area so that I could become a minister in the Lord really was uh, looking out to be a pastor. <laughs> I understand that pe- uh, preacher uh, spent almost two and a half years, maybe longer, and he had you come down Friday night uh, for your exposure and your training. Tell right. us about that. Yeah, um, you know, uh, one of the things that took place is we would meet on a Friday night and um, and, a, and a, a young man there, it was in a Baptist church at the time, and we were meeting there for our, our regular Friday night meetings. And that night we would meet there and uh, this guy gave me a Bible. And I just remember that guy handed me that Bible. And as he handed me that Bible, I really knew there was a call on my life. Ironically, the grandmother you talked about earlier, Grandmother Mary, when I was born, and I didn't know this till years later, when I was born and I was a little bitty baby and she held me in her arms, she looked at me and she said, this one is going to be a preacher. That's what she said way back then. And and there was nothing in, in, in our lives at that time. Like you said, my parents didn't go to church on a regular basis at all. They didn't go to church at all. 
And so the only time we were exposed to anything when it came to Christianity, besides maybe the school play um, doing the manger, was uh, uh, going to that uh, local Baptist church and as kids. But I, I pulled away from that when I became a teenager, like most uh, older uh, young people that, you know, pulled away from those type of things. And then God came after me. And when he came after me, he just put the right people in my lives. I had a number of great ministers in my life. And then I started um, going to First Chapman uh, um, School and then Simpson Bibles College and then ended up at Welling Baptist University and, and finishing up there. Wow. That's something else. Oh, 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 sorry. I'm feeling your pain. Oh, God. What is that, a kidney stone? Tell us about it. (laughs) Yeah, what happened was that uh, later on in life, you know, things were going um, up and down, up and down, and then they were finally up. You know, we were walking with the Lord very strongly, me, my wife, and my family, loving Jesus. It was so good, you know, just enjoying that. And uh, I, I got attacked by having a kidney stone stuck on my right side. Uh, it caused a kidney infection, um, and and this was in 2006 that this took place. And what ha- took place at that time was uh, I went to the uh, emergency room to get it checked out, and they said, yeah, it's a kidney stone that's stuck on the right side. Uh, we just happened to have the mobile um, machine that uh, goes from hospital to hospital in that area. This was up in Washington State uh, in a town called Federal Way, and the, and the uh, mobile uh, um, facility was coming to their um, hospital the next day. And they said, well, why don't you stay overnight and get it blasted, and, and then you can go home after that. Well, of course, me and my wife agreed to it. They gave me antibiotics for the uh, kidney infection. Everything was going normal, it looked like. And and so the next day when they blasted the stone, they didn't know that the, the I had resisted to antibiotics and that I the infection was <laughs> was well and alive inside of me. So when they blasted this the stone, they list they literally least released the poison into my bloodstream or the infection into my bloodstream and I became what you call septic and everything in my body started shutting down or dying. Um, and it took about three hours for it to really impact. My lungs were the first to go. And according to the medical records, um, I was dead for about an hour and 45 minutes. I shouldn't say about an hour. It said hour and 45 minutes. And um, that's what happened in that situation. You know, of course, you know, you know, Gary, I was born again. I knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I had that Holy Spirit residing on the inside of me. And so when I died, I left my body and I went to be at the Father and Jesus in heaven for that time period and uh, didn't want to come back. You know, did not want to come back to this planet at all. <laughs> I understand, Dean, that because you knew where you were going and that you were dying, you had such peace in your heart. You said, well, am I, you know, I'm going early. I didn't plan this. Didn't anticipate this, and uh, I'm going into the hands of the Lord, and uh, my God, you did. Tell us about it. Yeah, that was an experience that I didn't know that all of us that are born again um, has has been giving the... um, uh, more than we ever realized in the sense of when Jesus Christ died on that cross. And one of those is that we really don't die, our body dies. But I didn't really realize that until this happened to me. And then I found it in the scriptures. I can remember when I was going through the process. This was about three hours later. They had brought me out of the operating room. All of a sudden, I couldn't breathe as as that well. And it was getting shallower and shallower and shallower. According to the medical records, what really happened is I suffocated. My heart stopped operating because it wasn't getting any oxygen. That was the worst way I could die. I almost drowned as a little kid. And during that process, I had the trauma of not breathing. And I remember even after becoming a Christian, Lord, I'll, I'll die any way you want me to, but don't let me suffocate. Uh, and I used to say that every once in a while. I used to pray, God, if I'm going to die, don't let it be suffocation. And here I am going through the moment of suffocating. And I didn't get hysterical. I didn't freak out. I didn't have the fear that I thought I would have. 
All of a sudden, I felt like I was going home. Joy, peace, comfort came all over me. I just remember thinking to myself, I am going home. I don't want nobody to stop this. You know, one of the scriptures that even uh, support that was found in um, uh, Hebrews, the second chapter, 14 through 15. It says, therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he likewise shared in their humanity so that through death he could destroy the one who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and set free. He's talking about Jesus. This is Jesus. And set free those who were in slavery all their lives by their fear of death. Literally, when he died on that cross, us that are born again, he took away the fear of death. So I didn't know that at the time. Of course, I'm I'm thinking I will have fear. But when it really happened to me, I had no fear. I had peace, joy, and love just overtake me like you wouldn't believe. And I wanted to go home. I knew I was going home. The other thing I experienced in that moment was that I didn't die. My body did. And I didn't know that at the time. I thought it was the body die and the spirit leave. But it was the spirit that left first. My spirit left first. And then my body died. And, of course, I I was reading my Bible. I'm a Bible reading. And I read the scripture in James, the second chapter, the 26th verse, which said, Faith without works is dead, just like the body is dead without the spirit. And it hit me. Wait a minute. The only way the body can live if it's the spirit inside of it. So the spirit would have to leave first and then the body would die. And that's what happened to me. Same thing. If you look in Genesis, the second chapter, it says even before man became a living soul, God had to breathe into him. He had to put the spirit inside of him for that body to live. So it was really something to see that my body died and and my, my spirit didn't leave. It was my spirit left. And my body died. And I really believe this is given to Christians, those that come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. This is part, part of the, the, the salvation and the, and the grace we get. Those that don't need Jesus, I believe they go through the pain of death because Paul said we would not experience the sting of death. That's the pain of death um, because we won't be there. Uh, we'll leave our body first because of what Jesus Christ did on that cross. The Bible even says it. You know, in Hebrews, I, I got to read this to you and, and then I'll, I'll quit after this. But I got to read this scripture because it is so good when you listen to the scripture of what what uh, uh, Jesus Christ did in Hebrews, the, the second chapter, the ninth verse, it says, but we see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while, not crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. He suffered death. That means he took our death. He went through the pain of all that we're going to feel physically so that by God's grace, he would experience death on behalf of everyone. The thing about it is he did it for everyone, but you have to accept it to not have to go through the pain of of what Jesus did. If you don't accept it, you're probably going to go through the pain of what Jesus, uh, what death is going to bring to you. But if you accept it, you're not going to go through that pain because of what Jesus did. You have to accept him to get the benefits. And I know some people are going to say, that's your belief system, Dean. That's where you think it is. And I'm going to say to them, you know, you'll find out. You know, I found out. I left my body and then my body died. Oh, man. <laughs> that's good news. I don't know about anybody else, but that's rejoicing right there. Just to know Jesus did that for us. Well, I, you know, Dean, I think about your wife when uh, she got the call. Uh, that you'd gone into cardiac arrest or something like that. And uh, she called several who believed to pray. And uh, when she gets to the hospital, she realizes that there are nine others that are also praying for you. Right, right. And uh, that, uh, that you would be healed. Yes. And uh, while you're going up to heaven, and what's passing you by? (laughs) Just to to reiterate what you said about my wife, I called her the general because she set parameters for people to pray for me. It wasn't just that, um, uh, you know, people were just praying just to be praying. She told them how to pray. She only wanted people that believe I could totally be healed. 
You know, um, according to the medical records, 29 different things went wrong with this body and God healed all 29. I really believe that's because of my wife's prayer and how she directed people to pray for me and she protected me. You know, those are the things that took place for the fullness of the healing to take place in my body. I love it when you talked about communion and taking communion and just the, um, uh, the, the results that you've seen, you know, I really believe that's true uh, in taking communion, that we could receive those results. <laughs> you know, we, be honest with you, if we do that, we wouldn't have to be praying for people to be healed. <laughs> I know some people Amen. think, oh, Dean, you know, but the reality of it, God wants us healed uh, 100%. But the other thing that you talked about as I was leaving my body and going to be with the Father and Jesus in heaven, all of a sudden, as I'm headed toward that realm, I see a light before me. It looked like a window. I knew that's where the Father and Jesus is. It is heaven, and I'm headed into it. And as I'm going in that direction, it's dark all around me. Some of my colleagues, I've talked to them, they said it's like a light at the end of the tunnel for them. It was like a window for me in front of me, and I'm headed toward it. And as I'm headed toward it, all of a sudden, I see these lights passing me by. And as they're passing me by, I know they're the prayers that people were praying for me and others. They were moving faster than I was. The best way to describe the speed that I was um, in at the time is this way. To be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Because I used to try to um, have the speed, say this, the, like the speed of sound or the speed of, of light. And it seemed just too slow for me. You know, the Bible says we'll be changed in the twinkling of the eye. Those are the here when he returns. So it's quicker than you could ever imagine that I got there. And yet these lights were passing me by and I knew what they were. They were the prayers that people were praying for me and others. It wasn't just prayers for me. There were other people that were praying for other things and they were passing me by like I was standing still. And how fast I was moving, Gary, was to be absent from the bodies to be in the presence of the Lord. It used to kind of get me thinking, wow, Lord, uh, the prayers were beating me there. And yet I came to understand why. First uh, Peter 3.12 says, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to the prayers. That's saying that God is literally looking to hear from us. He wants to hear from us. You know, he's excited for us to talk to him. And I found out why. This is so good. I found out why. It's because we were created to talk to him. If you look in Genesis, the second chapter, he gave Adam a mouth and a voice, and it wasn't to talk to Eve because she had not been created. It wasn't to talk to the animals. It was to talk to him. Our very mouth and voice was first created to talk to God Almighty. Whew, I just think about that and get excited still to this day because I think God has given me the best way to communicate him. He gave me a mouth and a voice to talk to him, and, I, and he gave me two ears to hear from him. And I always tell people, if you're saying I can't hear him, tell him he will find a way to get through. You know, uh, Dean, you mentioned Psalms 18 years ago about prayers going right into the Father. And uh, I just, I think that's a perfect example of what you just said. And uh, King David, uh, you know, was of the mind that those prayers are going right into the Father and said so. And what else did you see? Did you see Jesus? Yes, I did. When I first came into that realm of heaven, I remember everything was right. There was nothing wrong. And, you know, everything there was glad to see me. I was welcomed in by everything. Everything in heaven's alive. There's nothing did, you know. But the reality of it is I didn't go there to see heaven. I didn't go there to see all the other creations. I really even didn't go there to see my family. I went there because that's where the Father and Jesus is. And I remember when I came upon Jesus, Gary, the first thing I did is is I went down on my hands and knees. And I was in such awe. I, I, you know, I don't, I, the, the um, way I felt, I even now I am sharing it with you and still I get that feeling of allness before Jesus Christ, you know, our Lord and Savior. 
I remember going down on my hands and knees in that allness and looking at his feet and, and, and just saying these words as I was looking at his feet. I didn't look at his face first. I just went down on my hands and knees. And I remember looking at his feet and saying these words, you did this for me. And why I said that was because I came to really realize the only reason I was there is because of what he had done. You know, it wasn't my good works that got me in. It wasn't my bad works that kept me out. It was Jesus Christ only. You know, and I try to explain that to people. I came to understand anything I do good, even talking to you right now, is him working through me. He gets the credit. And I've asked him to forgive me of my sins, you know, um, many sins that I've done over the years. And he not only forgave me, but he forgot it. And I used to always hear he'll bring up all those things and remind you of all the bad things you ever do. But then I read in Hebrews, the eighth and tenth chapter, where it says when he forgets it, when he forgives you, he forgets it. And it really got to me. And then I had people complain and say, well, why should we act the way we act? And I think you're a Christian. That's who you are. You're a creation in God. And everything that God creates acts in the nature that it should. And he's giving you the Holy Spirit to reside on the inside of you to even help you act like you're supposed to act. So we don't do it because we're going to get something. We do it because that's who we are. And I came to understand that by saying those words, you did this for me. You know, it's just I, even saying it now, I still get the same um, emotional um, joy and happiness and allness that I got at that moment that my Lord died on that cross, paid the price for me, died my death so that I didn't have to experience it so that I could be with him and the father forever, which is why I was created. Whew, I, do, I don't know what else to say about that. Well, I, you said something to me uh, a few years ago. You said God is spiritual form, very real as he is. He has huge love in his eyes. Yes, yes. That's when I was looking Tell at us the... about that. When I was looking into the eyes of Jesus, I saw the love he had for me. First, I experienced it by looking at his feet. His feet loved me. And any other portion of his body that I looked at, I didn't really need to see his face because everything about him was loving me. I just remember that so um, clearly, that love coming from his feet, the love coming from his ankles, the love coming from his hands, the love coming from every portion of his being. And it was like waves coming over me, you know, like you're in the ocean and, and you get hit by one wave and then hit by another wave. And the next wave is greater than the wave you got before. That's what it was like. And then I looked into his eyes. And when I looked into his eyes, I saw the love he had for me, like I'm the only one he loved. I knew he loved others. I came to understand, I just knew it, that the love that he was giving me was the love that was created for me. I came to understand that our Father, our Heavenly Father, goes out and creates love for each and every person. It's not a blanket love, like if I had a blanket and I threw it over everybody and it's the same blanket. No, everybody has their own individual blanket or their own individual love. And that's what I saw in his eyes. And what really got me is I'm an eternal being. I knew I would exist forever from that moment on and that I would never die, you know, or be separated from him, which is true death is really being separated from the Father of Jesus. Jesus. I knew that I would never be separated from him. And when I looked into his eyes, it looked like his love would outlast me. And what I was experiencing was every time I looked up at him, he loved me more. And by the time I was thinking he loves me, the, the next thing I knew, he loved me more than that. I didn't know this, that his love is growing from me every moment. I didn't know that us you know, that are born again, know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that the love of God is literally growing for us every moment. He loves everyone. Don't get me wrong. But we get to experience that love growing every moment in, in our in our lives. You know, he loves you more, Gary, now than the moment I say he loves you. He loves you more than that. <laughs> By the time I tell you he loves you, he's already created more love for you. You know, you you said something years ago, and it stuck with me ever since, and you said the throne goes wherever the Lord goes. Yes, yes, that's, you know, uh, know, one of the the things I I saw that I saw the throne of God, and he, he, you know, the Father, and, and it was like, 
they were not separated. They could not be, um, uh, he could not depart from the throne. He's always on the throne, you know, and, and it looked like more of a cloud and not like a fluffy cloud up in the sky. It was a, it was a seat, but it was more of a cloudish type of, of a seat. And it seemed like wherever he went, the cloud was with him and that was his throne. And I just read the, read through the Bible and anytime they talk about God Almighty showing up, there's always a cloud with him and that's his throne that goes with him. And, and the throne is alive. It, it, it's intelligent. It can talk. You know, uh, I Revelation, the 19th chapter, the fifth verse literally tells you that the throne of God can talk. It said a voice comes from the throne and that voice is praising God Almighty. <laughs> so it's in the Bible. But yes, the throne was really something. I'm glad you asked that question because even the Bible says heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. You know, and so people don't realize the throne of God is more than just a a inanimate um, uh, you know, piece of furniture. It's more than that. And if you read in the Bible, you're going to see even more about that throne that, that we don't even talk about sometimes. But again, you that know, throne is there for the Father Jesus. I mean, for the Father, not Jesus, but for the Father. Is that good news or is that good news? Awesome. I, I, I apologize for because uh, you're in Virginia and I'm in Fort Mill, uh, in different states and, uh, South Carolina. And you said something, uh, years ago. And, you know, for people who have never been there, this is a shocker. Everything is alive. Yes. Tell them what I mean by that. Well, everything's alive. There's nothing dead. You know, everything can communicate to you. Everything can can show you feelings, uh, emotions. They're all good emotions. They're all good feelings. So you don't have any of the bad ones there. You know, uh, I like what Nehemiah 9, 6 says, you along are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, along with all their multitudes of stars, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that is in them. You impart life to them all and the multitudes of heaven worship you. You know, the trees are alive. The 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 uh, uh, what do you call it? The the. Um, Animals, they're, they're alive and they can communicate to you. You know, they can, they can talk to you. Uh, the, if, what we call furniture is really not furniture. It's alive. You know, there's several scriptures. That, the one I love the best is the uh, Revelation, the 16th chapter, which talks about how the, the table, the altar, uh, speaks. You know, it says 16, 7 says, and, and I heard a, I heard the altar reply, yes, Lord. God. So the altar can even talk, which it's the tables in heaven can talk. You know, I already talked about the throne talking. So all those things are alive. Nothing did. But he is the God of life. That's what he does. He produces life, not death. People got to understand true death is being separated from God. Ephesians tries to tell us that what we were once did because we were separated from God. Yes, there's the death of the body in the sense of it no longer operating, but there's that spirit on the inside of that person. When it's separated from God, it's dead. It's not alive. It's dead. And that's hard for us to grasp. But being separated from God, there is no life. You know, there's only death. So everything in heaven, everything. When I was there, I wrote a book called, um, uh, you know, I Need You There, Sing the King. And it's a really a coloring book, um, uh, story book for kids, really for anybody. It probably, for me, gives the best portrayal of what it was like to see everything alive. Because I talk about the flowers being alive. I talk about the trees being alive. I talk about the atmosphere was alive there. Everything that I could think of was alive. Nothing was dead. The other book that kind of portrays that is a book I got out called Deep Worship in Heaven, which talks about coming around the throne of God and worshiping him. And I go through as much detail as I can as the different creations of God come around the throne of God and let him know how much they love him. And it's mountains, it's flowers, it's grass, it's trees, it's atmosphere, it's rivers, it's uh, bodies of of, of water, it's everything. The redeem, of course, us and angels, everything that you can think of. I tried to describe in detail in that book, coming around the throne of God and giving him praise. Well, you know, you've written five books, so 
uh, or more, and uh, I could you uh, tell them how they could get these books? Because yeah. even uh, Shannon Davis uh, is a great one to order the books, so he has them on hand, and that he has the in-depth understanding of your heart. <laughs> Thank you. The books, the books can be ordered through DeanBraxton.com. You can go, and then you go to the shop, and you can get them. They're done in three different ways. They're done in Kindle, of course. They're done also in paperback, and then they're also done in audio, except for the coloring book and the Spanish. I have it also written in Spanish. Um, the first book, which is in in heaven. That gives you kind of the overview of what I experienced when I was with the Father and Jesus in heaven. Then I have what it feels like to die. That tells you what it was like to go through that process of leaving my body and going to be with the Father and Jesus in heaven. And then I got a book called um, Deep Worship in Heaven, which I just described. And that's the book I go into detail trying to describe what it was like to come around the throne of God and tell our Father how much we love him. And then I have the book called um, I Need You There, Saying the King. And that's the coloring book. Um, that I talked about, and it's a storybook. Uh, and then Marilyn really has the uh, the f- fifth book, which is um, the book called uh, A Woman's Stand. It tells you what she did, my wife did, Marilyn did, to get what she wanted. She not only wanted her husband back on the planet, but she wanted him fully healed. And God healed everything, all 29 different things that went wrong with his body. He healed. And that book goes into detail on that. And, of course, I said, the the which is the sixth book, which is also the In Heaven book, it's uh, in Spanish um, for for people that read Spanish. Um, the Lord has it that way. I did find out, though, the other book, the book In Heaven, I've given it to so many people to translate into their own different languages. And there's about 15 different um, um, dialects, dialects of that book in 15 different languages throughout the world right now. I just gave it to Sweden to, for the Swedish people to translate in their language, and I just gave it to the Finland people to translate in their language. But I give it to ministries there, and they can use it whatever way they want to raise the income if they want to sell it for that reason. This is our way to giving to the world, to be honest with you. I just got one just recently in the Danish language where someone translated into the Danish language. I thought that was cool. But it's in so many different languages throughout the world. Um, we're not trying to be on the New York bestseller list like some people love to be, um, but that's okay. You know, we're just trying to make sure that we get the word of God out to as many people as possible, Brother you know, Garrett. so that they come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I just I just thank the Lord for that Praise opportunity. Let me inject well, here just a I minute. Well, I tell you, uh, we had uh, a guest on last week or the week before, um, that is going to Belize in Central America, and uh, they uh, are communicating. It was formerly a British, a British Crown Colony. Uh, I think it was, um, I can't think, of, remember, British Columbia, I think it was, uh, and uh, the end result is that uh, this would be a great handout uh, of your coloring book. And uh, uh, because the kids, everybody colored. And uh, if you can uh, uh, notice or send me an email on uh, the titles and so forth and the cost, I will uh, try and help her in uh, the ways that she's going. Uh, of course, there's some limited amount of uh, space available uh, when you're taking soccer balls and <laughs> other things, but uh, there's healing going on in their ministry, and I never knew it as part of our own uh, uh, home group. And wow. um, never realized that God was going to use her in a special way, just like the Lord is using you in a special way. And uh, tell them about the angel uh, interview. 
The angel. Oh, wow. The you're, you're uh, angel, your, of, uh, angel Studios. <laughs> angel Studios. Okay. Um, that was um, about, uh, it was during the pandemic that they asked me to come and share this story to, with them. I and a number of other people. They, you know, I have a small part compared to some of the other people. They have bigger stories than I do in the sense of drama. <laughs> I didn't have all that drama that they had, plane crashes, canoes, car wrecks. But I'm in the movie also. It'll be coming out the 27th of October here in the United States. Um, I don't know what they'll do after that. Um, uh, matter of fact, they have the de- debut for it, to, you know, where they ask everybody to come in. I can't do that because I'll be in Pennsylvania at the time at a meeting. But uh, they're asking that on the on Tuesday of next week that everybody come together and look at that. And it's sharing different stories of people that left the planet and went to be. Some of them went to be with the Father and Jesus in heaven. Some of them went to hell. So it tells both sides of the story. And what it's trying to get people to know is that there's something after this life. And we mostly everybody in that movie I know are Christians. They love the Lord and they are trying to portray that Jesus Christ wants us there with him. And so that's what they're trying to give out. At the, I play a part in that movie also. Um, I don't know how much uh, um, a scene I play, but I do know I'm in the movie. They let me know that. And and I'm excited about it. My job, the Lord wants me to do, is promote it. So I've been promoting it wherever I go, letting people know that it's called After After Death. That's the name of the movie. It is put out by Angel Studios. That's exciting, awesome. Brother Dean. Awesome. <laughs> yes, Brother Gary. Let me inject, I, uh, uh, excuse I, me, Brother Gary. I, I wanted you to uh, lead <laughs> hey, the there. people. Brother Gary, Shannon's trying to say something. Can you hear me, Brother Gary? Is my connection coming through? Uh, uh, yes, well, now I can. Okay. Let me, uh, I can't uh, uh, miss this opportunity and not ask Brother Dean a question. To It was coming to me tonight. Brother Dean, uh, you had a, a very exciting uh, testimony there going to heaven I just want to ask this question uh, came to me um, would you concur with me that to be absent from the body if we're a believer in Christ is to be present with the Lord uh, I, that's the way I've always believed uh, when we die the spirit uh, goes to the Lord but the soul is going to go to, with the Lord if we know Jesus or it's going to go to a place called hell is that true or do people that is land very true so this soul sleep that some people teach, uh, that's not even biblical, is it? That they just lay there in the No, grave? it's not. Even the scriptures that they use, if they say, you know, they use the scripture, uh, what do we call um, death, the word death. If yes. you look up that word death, it really means without a soul or a spirit. You can't even say the word death, and, and, and it means that the body does not have a soul or a spirit, and it has to go somewhere. And when the Hebrew people at the time, you know, which we get the Bible from, th- th- what they looked at it as meaning that your soul and your spirit had left the body, and the body is dead, but not the soul or the spirit. It's going to be with the Father and Jesus in heaven. And so I say that to you because they, they believe in that soul sleeping, and there's nothing to support that due to the fact that the word death means you have to have those entities gone for you to be a dead Okay. Thank you. The other thing, Gary, listen to, listen to this, uh, Shannon. This is cool. Think about it. We have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of us. When I got to heaven, the, the Holy Spirit didn't jump out and say, I got to go get somebody else. Jesus said that he would never forsake us. He would be with us always. So you think about a person in the grave. Does that mean the Holy Spirit staying in the grave with them? No, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. And folks, listen. How often do you get an opportunity to talk to a man who died and went to heaven? If anybody knows, Dean knows, he's been there. And so, yes, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord if you know Jesus. Brother Dean, here's another uh, couple quick questions. And Brother Gary, don't worry, we will take communion, so I'll have that time for you. Uh, when you were in heaven, was there any sense of being able to see uh, the periphery? I know some have described heaven, it will be built like a cube or a pyramid. Uh, were you able to see anything that would uh, tend to give you an idea of what the shape of heaven is or anything like that? Or was your focus right there on the throne? You know, that's a good question. I wasn't really concerned with the shape of it um, when I was there, mainly because I was there. 
to be honest, which is like when yes. you're in a place, you're not worried about how big it is or how small it is. You're there, number one. Number two, I knew it was expanding. I could tell you that. That's I don't know what it was expanding in, but I knew it was expanding because God is life and life expands. And so that's what I looked at it in a sense. If I say anything, because of how it looked to me, it it looked more like a spear than it did like a cube. Okay. You know, and I know some people describe it because of the way that it's measured out. Um, but the reality of it, it looked round more than it looked. Um, what do you call it? Uh, uh, and I'm not saying we were on a planet and it was round. It was the Father and Jesus were the center of everything, and everything was around them. And that's what I, the best way for me to describe it. It was more round, but I knew it was expanding, like something expanding out. Sure. You know, and, and like a balloon blowing up more and more and more. I'm not saying it was a balloon, but that's the best way I could describe it. Look, I and appreciate so, it. That's what it, I'm looking it's for. Just, it's, it's just larger uh, now than it was when I even got there, okay. when I was there. Here's another quick question. Uh, there's a mention that Jesus says, in my Father's house are many mansions. Were you able to catch a glimpse of uh, the mansions that we hear described? Yeah, um, you know, that's uh, <laughs> this is what I experienced, okay? I kind of go, there are buildings there. Again, they're alive. They're nothing dead. But they're not used the same as we use buildings here. We use buildings here for protection, for sleep. You don't get tired there. Your spirit never gets tired there. What really that scripture is really trying to get us to understand is there a place in heaven for us that no one else could fulfill but us. It's like you've been in your family and you have a place in your family. I'm number two in my family. If I was to leave the planet today, number three in my family would not move up to number two. He would always still be number three. And so I'm talking about my siblings. And in heaven, there's a place in the family of God that nobody else can fulfill but you. So when it talks about those mansions, it means dwelling places. It means space. You know, if we break it down into the into the um, Greek, and it really means there's a place in heaven that no one could fulfill but you. Jesus Christ, when he said, I go to prepare a place for you, he's gone to prepare a place for you in the family of heaven that nobody else can fulfill but you. Yes, there's... There's things, I call them like buildings, because they're not made from materials like we make materials here on the planet. They're pure in every way. It's like the streets of gold. It says like, John says like glass. He was coming to the closest he could come to describe the pureness of it. You know, what we have here on the planet is deteriorating. So in the sense of, of mansions and things like that, there's there's those type of structures, but they're much greater than anyone could imagine. I think even when we come back to the planet, many of myself and my colleagues were trying to describe the, a, uh, a realm that is not falling apart in a, in a realm where things are falling apart. And it is awful difficult. That's why I give out the scriptures. I try to give out scriptures as much as possible because I give it up to the Holy Spirit. And then Shannon, he can tell you (laughs) what it looks like. (laughs) Brother Gary, bear with me. I got another couple bonus questions, and then we'll turn it back to you. Um, Were you able to look on the face of the Father as well as Jesus? Now, you were dead. Uh, It says no man has seen God alive and lived, but you were dead. But so Yes. you were in a uh, different situation there but yes uh, can you do you have any recollection of the the way the father looked Uh, can you give any description of his face or his hair this is what i came to now i'm looking at the father like you said i was dead already you know and and so i could look at him i was in the spiritual realm i'm glad you said that that's a whole different realm than this fleshly realm you know what i mean and so i'm glad you said that that was really good but the reality of i could look at him and i could see him as he is the 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 bible says we will see him as he is not only just jesus christ but we'll see god almighty as he is as found in john uh first john but the reality of it is that when i looked at him i could not say that he looked human when i when i thought of that i was thinking i was bringing him down i all i could say is we look like him you know yes. which would raise us up we were made in his image he wasn't made in our image so did he have a nose and a mouth and eyes yes he did but i can't even come close to the description of it due to the fact that it's outside of our ability to grasp the beauty of how that would really look in that in that realm so i try to really 
turning around and said, we look like him. And I always tell people, if you want to know what he looks like, look in the mirror. And people say, well, we all look different. I said, he's God. You got to understand. We're not talking about a, a man. We're talking about a God that he, he can look like all of us um, in any moment. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that sure. That type of thing. Sure, I appreciate that. So, did, um, so just go did ahead. Did you have any sense of uh, maybe was he wearing clothes or a a robe? Could you see any of the garb of him or Jesus when you were looking at yeah, him? Yeah, both of them were, were, we would call it clothes, um, but it's not clothes like we would say clothes. Um, it's not material. It's pure light. Everything is pure light. Amazing. And so, uh, and when you're looking at the Father, when you're looking at uh, Jesus Christ, it looks like they have these robes on, but it really they are light, pure light. Um, there's substance with them. Uh, they they move. They 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 flow. It almost feels, looks like someone's blowing wind across them, but it's really the light that's moving in, in with both of them. And so, and and I did see those things. You know, um, it was it was it was felt. I, I'm glad you asked that question. I get to answer something that I have never asked, answered before, and by you asking that question. And this is what I get to tell you. I felt like the garments that were on there were honored to be on them. That's what I felt like. Wow. Like the garments that they had, like my clothes on me would be glad that I'm wearing them. <laughs> Does that make sense to you? <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I know we're short for time, so I'm going to speed up. Two last questions. The sea of glass. Were you able yes. to see that? And what would you describe that as if you saw it? Yes, I did see the sea of glass. And the, and the Bible does say light glass. I, I think John was doing the best he could to describe what it looked like. Um, but it was light gla- glass. It was really glory of the Lord. It was really, really, really the glory of the Lord um, in its purest form. And that's what it really was. Um, it's alive. It's, you know, it, you know, the living water, you know, it describes living water, but it's alive. But I did get to see it. And and it's, I got to experience it. And what I mean by experience it, not only did I get to see it, but I got to be in it, because we can go into that glory. Um, us that are born again know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We are made for the glory of God. Remember how the Bible says we move from glory to glory. We get to experience the glory of God inside of it, not the outside, but the inside. Those that don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they can never enter into that glory. They would not. They would not survive in the glory of God. We can. Final question for you. I know at one time I believe Satan was a covering cherub, and he lost yes. his position. Has he been replaced up there? In other words, did you see any spirit beings or angels around the throne, kind of overshadowing, like he would have done it uh, a previous time? You know, that's a that's a that's a good question. I didn't see anything like that. Um, I know the position he had because they told me when I was there of his position and, and why he he lost his position, you know. Um, but when I was there, Michael didn't fulfill it. Gabriel didn't fulfill it. Uh, any of the, uh, the um, you know, the elders, none of them fulfilled it. No one was fulfilling that uh, that area, but it wasn't missing. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was missing. And you could say Jesus Christ was. No, he wasn't. He 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 has his own glory, which is above that glory. And so to even try to say that he it would be like, wow, why would God retread something? He doesn't have to. Well, you got a good he point. Here. Things new. You know? I overspoke, Brother Gary. I got to ask this final question. OK, I just came. <laughs> it's not every day you talk to someone who died and went to heaven. My grandmother was actually yeah. caught up in the spirit. She died, but it was. Um, not for a very long period, and uh, that's another program. But I want to ask you this. The Bible talks about Satan as the accuser of the brethren, accusing him yes. day and night before the throne of God. Uh, there's a yes. debate out there. Does Satan still have access to the throne room? Did you have any sense of his ability to get up there? Uh, or has he already been cast out of that area and he'll never get back? I don't know the answer to that. He's what been- do you think? Yeah, he's been cast. There's no evil there, so there's no way he can get back into that realm. Um, most people, when they see that, they think he, he enters into that realm. No, it's a little like God. God's omnipresent. It's Satan is presenting himself wherever he's at okay. um, in the face of God. Just like we get the opportunity, whether we're in the throne room or on this planet, we can present ourselves to God anywhere. Well, and so that's what's going on there. But there's no evil there. There's nothing evil. There's no sin there. It's been cast out. 
it's pure. Praise you know? God. I know what it's like to be in a place where everything is pure and there's no sin. That is one of the reasons I didn't want to come here, you know, and to know I was created for that realm. I'm out of place in this realm. I was created to be in every, where everything is right. There's nothing wrong. I always tell people we were created to be in rightness, not rightness according to how I say it, but according to how God says it. It was my natural environment. Um you know, that was probably one of my biggest adjustments of being back on this planet is coming out of my natural environment and coming back to this planet. Thank you, Brother Gary and Brother Allen, for taking the time to let me ask some of those questions. <laughs> I couldn't resist. Brother Gary, back to you, brother. Thank you, sir. Okay, well, you know, there is a gift being offered our listeners that is the most important opportunity of your life yes and that is the gift of salvation which god says for god so loved the world that's john three sixteen. for god so loved the world well who is the world it's yes. you listening and those who aren't listening and this is an opportunity for you to share the communication of Omega Man Radio that is going around the world. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Wow. And it goes on to say in verse 17, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge it, but that the world should be saved through him. Yes. And you're going to be offered a free gift by accepting Jesus Christ as a son of the living God, Go ahead, Dean. Yes, I always tell people, um, you know, it's all about Jesus. He wants you. I always tell people this. He has chosen you. He just wants you to choose him. If you're in the mind right now to choose him, you want to choose him, you can repeat after me these words. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all I have done wrong. I ask you into my life right now as my Lord and Savior. I have confessed that I have been outside of your will and I want to be in your will. So Jesus, forgive me for making my decisions my way and now I will make decisions your way. In your son Jesus, in your son Jesus, Father, I ask you to come into my life now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You see, you didn't have to pay one penny. You didn't have to earn your way. It's a gift of God in exchange for receiving his son as his son our Lord and our Savior. And I tell you, I invited him into my heart uh, 21 years ago. And uh, I am telling you that I have been blessed. I've avoided catastrophes and didn't know it. And I am telling you that this is a wonderful time for us to take communion. And I want you, for those of you who are listening for the first time uh, and didn't know this was in the Bible, it's in 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. And I will read it. And the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took some bread. And when he had given thanks, 
he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, uh, which is for you. Yes. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank the Lord. We're doing exactly what you have suggested that we do. Yes, Lord. And then it goes on to say, in the same way, he took the cup also after supper, after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you preach, proclaim, excuse me, the Lord's death until he comes, and he's coming back sooner than you think. Yes. Be alert, be ready, and let's take this wine together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, Dean, we've just about exhausted Ten minutes beyond our schedule. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, God bless you. And God bless uh, you, if too. If there's any information that you want me to pass on to others next week, I will. And uh, we'll keep you posted. And uh, let me know what happens on the 27th. I will watch for that program, and hopefully it'll be on television. God bless. God bless you. Thank you, Brother Dean. Thank you. Thank God you. God bless you. And Brother Gary, before we close, give out your contact information. How do people reach you? Oh, that's me, JustinTimeMinistries.com. JustinTimeMinistries.com. That's the website that has it all. Brother Gary, what do you want to title tonight's program? Oh, an hour and 44 minutes to heaven and back. Man, I love that title, and what a powerful broadcast. You know, it's probably been a year or more since we had Brother Dean on. Please get him back again soon, because i got about another 25 questions to ask him. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, we might have a program just for you. Excellent. <laughs> My brother, we love and appreciate you. All right. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. God bless you. Great job. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Gary. Folks, let's uh, continue, and uh, let's get Brother John Terrell on. He was standing by. Here we go. Let me save this. I'll be right back. 